0: The following episode has audio issues. It is not up to par for the rest of the Power Moves programs. Although, I think you'll still enjoy this very special episode with Martha Kelly. You guys... What's up, daddies? This week, make someone you know who doesn't listen, subscribe to Power Moves, and give a five-star review. We're up to 473 five-star ratings, close to halfway before the end of the month goal of 1,000. Word of mouth and your shares on social are the best way to make the magic happen because teamwork makes the dream work. Also, the Patreon keeps rolling strong. We're getting closer to that goal of 300 supporters so I can get that video going once a week. For just the cost of buying me one beer a month, you can support the four monthly flagship Power Moves programs, the four monthly P-Mail Bag episodes, and the four After Dark episodes, plus the Midwestern Nightmares short stories, the Carlwell Zine chapters, and everything else that goes on behind the curtain. And just a heads up, merch at PowerMoves with MikeBurns.com is 20% off plus free shipping until friday then i'm going to clean house except for a few favorites and start doing more exclusives that will drop for one to two weeks and then they're going to disappear also i have something really fun planned for the football season we've got a big show today so let's get rocking from the acclaimed fx show baskets comedian martha kelly is joining the program live from los angeles Woo! California, you listening a Power Move, Daddy? Yeah, we're making power moves, rockin' a Detroit groove To some American dudes, out making
1: power moves Straight out of Grand Block, Michigan, rockin' a coal one in each hand My buddy Dave and I are Americans, just making power moves Ripping heaters and chugging paps, now you with no
0: clasp Blown shit up and chasing ass. Yeah, we're making power moves. Yeah, we're making power moves. Right to a Detroit groove. It's all American dudes out making power moves. Yeah. And we're back! She plays Martha Brooks on Baskets with Zach Galifianakis, one of the best characters on one of my absolute favorite TV shows. And you can watch her half hour on Comedy Central. You can listen to her podcast, Disagree to Agree with Michelle and Martha that she co-hosts with the wonderful Michelle Balloon. Please welcome Martha Kelly to the program. There it is. All right. This is how it's got to be. <laughs> this is this is the first time we've done it this way.
1: Okay. We're
0: um, gonna set this down. I'm gonna leave all this in. We're not even gonna add it. <laughs> I love it. So what happened is the uh, the microphone that I had to tape up like a hardcore band last episode has fully conked out uh i don't know what brooks whelan did to it while he had it maybe uh was swinging it around trying to play iggy pop but uh we're just gonna have to go with the external mics and daddies you're gonna have to just forgive me because the audio on this is gonna sound like we're in a tin can (laughs) but i don't have a choice i don't have a choice in the matter so we're just gonna go old school and please enjoy it and again please welcome martha to the program, everybody. Martha Kelly, everyone.
1: Hi, Mike.
0: There you go. You've really had to deal with a lot of uh, technical <laughs> difficulties here.
1: It's not a big deal. Yeah, at but all.
0: see, here's the thing: is usually I only have uh, usually like buddies on that are just over all the time. This is very. It's very rare that I have a guest that I don't know well. Right. So when this happens, it looks <laughs> like to me, I go into full panic mode.
1: Don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. Um, I'm not someone to uh, care about any of that stuff
0: <laughs> to try and impress no. with my with my top uh, with a uh, with with hot podcast pro- production uh, work see I'm not I'm all flustered
1: well but... if it makes you feel better every podcast I've been on including the one that I do with Michelle Balloon I'm. Um, kind of a dud. So uh there isn't anything that could go wrong that would actually make it worse.
0: Maybe we could just pretend like we're in a submarine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, love it. Because you you can't hear because you don't have the headphones on. It sounds like we're in Oscar the Grouch's can right now. <laughs> but I can well, hear you fine. Okay. And, and we don't have time to fix this technical difficulty, so we're just going to roll forward. Um, before we get into the regular, uh, the regular uh, Power Moves program type things, I actually have a couple questions for you, and it's, okay. it's fun for me because I never have anyone on that I don't know everything about. Um, I want to ask you about the cast that Martha Brooks wears on Baskets.
1: Okay. What specifically do you want to know?
0: I have a fascination, any character that I build, when, I, when I'll do a, a sketch character or even written characters, I always give them some sort of physical ailment. Right. <laughs> I have a fake stand-up character that I do called Caleb Hotchkiss, and I always have a wrist wrap on it, And that all derives from every time, when you go to a, like a rural grocery store, right. it, I feel like there is always some sort of arm ailment on most employees in, in, in service jobs in small yeah. towns.
1: Yeah.
0: Was that your idea? Is that a writer's no. idea?
1: It was, I think it was Zach's idea. And, um, I think that initially the the very early idea of the show for him was that he's a down-and-out rodeo clown living in a hotel in Bakersfield and has this assistant that he's really mean to for no reason. Right. And so having that character have a cast just made it so that it's even more uh, bad that he's yelling at somebody who's dealing with a a broken arm or whatever the ailment is. But it never heals. Yeah, and I think that they've never... I I think that the timeline of the show, I think... So it started out, season one, we had Easter. Season two, um, I don't think they... Season two, I don't know if they had any holidays to indicate what time of year it was. Right. Season three, though, was Christmas and New Year's, and then this season kind of picks up right where that left off, so it's possible, it's not clear to me, but it's possible (laughs) the timeline of the show hasn't been that many months. Right. Um, But yeah, so so far it hasn't healed, but they do address it in the finale. Of this season. Which is our last season. So um, they will address it.
0: That's It's, it's just a, a tragic loss to television.
1: Well, I,
0: <laughs> I... Are you ready for it to end?
1: Um, Yes and no. Like, um, they told us before we started this season that it was most likely the last season. So that's how we all went into it. Right. Um, but, like zach is the kind of person who it's always a pleasure to be around him he's whenever i'm doing a scene with zach i feel like okay everything's gonna be fine because he's always um even keeled and he kind of also looks out for other people and take is sort of almost like takes care of other people so i would love i would do i would work on anything with him until i'm 80 sure um
0: but he's he he is an ultra creative and probably has for him it's it's had to have run a
1: course i think that they didn't want they definitely didn't want to keep doing it past the point of People wanting to see it, but right. it's also never. I don't think it's ever really made money for FX. Sure. I think maybe we broke even, but I don't. I don't even know if that's true. Uh, it's,
0: it's fascinating to find out the numbers of some of your favorite TV shows. Shows like Bask is Always Sunny. You look up what the actual numbers are, and they're they're in the couple hundreds of thousands. They're yeah, I fifty thousand even... for a, for a Always Sunny episode, which has a huge call following. Right, but there's just so many outlets like podcasts yeah. where it's 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 overrun, and people wait and they they sandbag their shows. We save things here. Me and my girlfriend, we wait until things are piled up because right. we've become conditioned to want to binge things.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: We'll wait for Handmaid's Tale to have two or three, even though we can only watch one of those a night. We have a house yeah. rule. We can't psych- psychologically stay- yeah. handle more than one episode of that because it's infuriating. I can't. Yet, yet we force ourselves to continue to watch it.
1: <laughs> I stopped watching it season one because it was so upsetting. It and is I, upsetting. I, it just. I also. I don't. Uh, it's also because of the timing of it. Was like this horrible nightmare administration. Correct. And having that as a thing to watch of like, look how much worse it could get if. Religious fundamentalists. This is the heightened version. Know? Yeah. Yes. It's I can't deal with it. I read the book and it was great, and it ends on a note of hope. But the TV show, wanting to get more than one season, it just keeps getting more torturous. I think. Yes. I can't. I you can't want some
0: sort of redemption so badly. Yeah. You want you you get these little glimpses when some uh uh one one of like the head figures was just an alternate piece of trash gets, right. gets beaten to death in a hotel room or something yeah. and then you're like you get this feel good but then it you know it's not going to end but it does it gives me nightmares yeah we've, we've cool. watched two we've, <laughs> we've watched two in an evening mm-hmm. and had to make house rule never again yeah because a lot of night terrors and i've already had those since like i was a child i had yeah, I had like really intense nightmares, and they start to get dug up when I watch something like that that makes me so upset and engaged at the same time.
1: I don't. Why um? Why don't you guys stop watching it? I
0: don't, we want to see how it ends. <laughs> we, we're praying uh. for that. We're praying for the the pot of gold at the end of the well. The dark. Uh, Uh, I guess Gilead Rainbow, which is not a good analogy.
1: Well, maybe it will. I mean, I also stopped watching Game of Thrones after season two because they kept breaking my heart by killing people you love. Um, But both that and Handmaid's Tale are beautiful, amazingly well-done shows. So I'm... Choosing to miss out on that just because I can't handle can't it. handle it. I mean, yeah. you got to
0: pick and choose. Yeah, <laughs> you can't make your life torturous. Yeah, I okay. want to ask you uh, about uh, Louis's character. We right. want when we watch Baskets, we forget sometimes that Louis Anderson is a man. Right? Does that happen on set? And I know, and I wouldn't assume for everyone, but. He gets so lost in that character, and it's so good that our new favorite game also is in real life to pick out Christine's, because Christine makes us. It is it, is just a happy go lucky person who struggles, but Christine has this sunshiny attitude and finds real enjoyment in simple things. Yeah. And I, I love to see someone who is a Christine at the grocery store picking out, like, mangoes. Right. And I and, I, and while she's doing it, I do the voice in my head of, oh, mangoes. <laughs> These are ripe.
1: <laughs> my, one of my favorite things of the entire run of the show was the episode... Where Christine keeps referring to the bottled water that the twin, d j twins bring as desanti. it's <laughs> yes. my favorite um I think because Louie doesn't change his voice or his mannerisms for the character mm-hmm. it isn't it isn't like a big change for when like between shots or between scenes where you like forget that it's Louie. Sure. You know, um, I just love that he plays it just straight and not like a gimmick. Cause when Zach- It's very
0: Louie. Like it's very yeah, real life Louie.
1: Yeah. When, when Zach told me about the show, about the pilot and said Louie Anderson was going to play his mom, it made me laugh really hard. Just him telling me that. Sure. And then to find out that instead of it just being- um, hmm. it just being funny that he has a male comedian playing a female. Instead of that, they went down a road of it just being really sweet and sincere and funny, but not because Louis's really a man, but right. just because the character's funny. So
0: Because that, that that's what I think makes it, it so well done, is that it, the, the humor is not that it's a man playing a woman.
1: Right. Because it goes
0: to the extent where I forget yeah. that it's Louie Anderson. Yeah, it's it's just Christine Baskets, and that's masterful acting to me.
1: Yeah, it is really this. Um, there, the end of last week's episode. I won't say it in case because it hasn't. Maybe, maybe the thirty-five people who watch the show haven't all seen it yet. We watch
0: it, but the FX app is so terrible that if you pause it for thirty seconds, sometimes it freezes. And you have right. to start all over, so we do it all the time and forget. Like, i got to go to the bathroom, pause the show. And yeah. then we're 20 minutes in, and then it's bedtime,
1: and yeah. then we have
0: to wait. And we get, keep getting backlogged and backlogged.
1: Um, well, the, the end of this last week's episode is really sweet. And definitely watching it, I wasn't thinking about Louie as a, the man that I know and work with. It was like, oh, this is a woman who's getting to do something really sweet
0: it's 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 just I think the acting on on that show and the humor is is what I prefer where it's what's happening there's there's not necessarily punchlines the humor just lies in what's going on and I prefer to write that way and maybe that's why I don't have a uh, writing job but I don't like to pump Punchlines in me. in the scripts. I just yeah. like to for what's going on should speak for itself. Right. And a lot of times that doesn't read on the page because it doesn't it doesn't right. jump out. But but to me it makes perfect sense, and that's why yeah. I, I just enjoy that show. It's it's so enjoyable, more more so than laugh out loud funny. And I would always rather watch a comedy that is enjoyable and heartfelt and has pathos as opposed to something that is. Where the characters say things that people wouldn't necessarily say in real life.
1: Right. Well, have you ever seen the movie Ishtar?
0: Uh, I've seen pieces of it, but I was very, very young and I did not. Uh, <laughs> you have
1: to give it another you chance. You want me to give that another,
0: another run through?
1: It's really, um, I'm not going to ask if you smoke pot or not. I'll just say.
0: I I'm I, I well, very honest about it on the show.
1: The first time that I saw Ishtar, I was high as a kite. And it was one of, it became one of my favorite movies and I've seen it repeatedly and i own it i've seen it repeatedly sober right and it still Still makes me laugh because it's ridiculous and dry humor and there aren't necessarily a bunch of great punchlines it's just but that's i think why it has the reputation being terrible when it came out all these big comedies were um the popular thing in movies like ghostbusters and beverly hills cop and like really um
0: over the top slapstick almost slapstick slash action shove it down your throat this is where the punchline and the funny is laugh at this right now
1: right and not not that there weren't movies in that style that were also really funny but just Ishtar is like really dry low key ridiculous and it is super fun to watch high so I recommend that you and your girlfriend get high I will put it on the list and I
0: will eat some of those uh, little chocolate blueberries that I like because I don't handle marijuana well I'm a, I'm a novice at it. I can only have a little bit.
1: So, are chocolate blueberries edibles.
0: Yes, they're five milligrams per.
1: I don't even know it's what. A, it's that... a very
0: low dosage. Okay. So it it will not get you. I'm high. It'll just make you. Oh yeah, I'm relaxed, and the stress from my day is now washed over me.
1: That's nice. Right. When I I there weren't edibles before I got sober. That all came out after I was since I've been sober. So. I, I a little bit wish they'd been around back then, but um, I wasn't someone who was good at handling being high, right. so maybe it's better they weren't. It
0: gets, it, the, the marijuana situation now, Martha, is so scary. It's terrifying. You don't know what you're getting into. It's There's no longer just pots. Everything is meant to blow your head off unless you specifically ask for something. I just want grass from the 70s. Can I please have that? And it's a very (laughs) tough stretch to try and get anyone to sell that to you because everything has to be extreme (laughs) in today's society.
1: But there, but there. so I've been sober 15 years, and back at that time there was sometimes super strong pot, but you couldn't find out how strong it was without smoking it correct and then my mistake was always to worry it wasn't going to be strong enough and smoke too much and then be like i've i one time it was 2003 and like i had just met all those chicago guys like kyle and matt mm-hmm. and um and a bunch of them we're, and Chris Fairbanks and I were at this bar, and I was already drunk on like half a pitcher of beer plus earlier drinks from the night at this bar. Right. And then they passed around pot, and anytime anyone said, "Do you want to get high?" I always wanted to say yes. I wanted to be part of something. Right. You don't want
0: to. You don't want to. You don't want everyone else to be high.
1: Right. And you,
0: then you're left outside of the joke.
1: And all these Chicago comics that I thought were really funny, I wanted to be cool and in with them. <laughs> so smoked this pot and it I had two hits and then I spent the next like three hours just sitting outside the bar in this little alcove doing this. Not I could not even speak. Sure. I did so it. That wasn't that fun.
0: And it still happens. <laughs> like I'm you know, I'm notoriously for better or worse, I, I, I I drink a lot of beer, it's part of my brand almost more so than it is in real life. In real life, at night, I like to watch uh, uh, cooking shows and, and uh, my girlfriend Melissa and I, we, we split a bottle of Pinot Noir and uh, two, three glasses of red wine that's it. In my heyday, it was 16, 18 beers and a half bottle of whiskey and I've cut way, way back. But the one thing that you can never get a tolerance for is the marijuana. I yeah. we, we go to this bar called the roost over a few blocks away with me and me and a couple of the fellows every Monday. We have Monday night beers. And one of our buddies has a you know a vape pen, but he has mm-hmm. it like it's like a hot rod of vape pens mm-hmm. and it comes in a case and he gets it out and usually those vape pens are very calm and soothing and there's something that you can just enjoy and have like a relaxing evening. Whatever this is made me turn into that as a 43-year-old man. (laughs) Never, uh, so ashamed, so ashamed. And in the bar, we go outside, we all have a hit. And again, I have that, uh, well, I want to take two big hits to make sure that I'm as high as everyone else. Because usually it was a horrible, horrible mistake. I had to come home. I had to bring dinner home. I had to stop over at this GML sandwich place and get a steak sandwich because I would already told Melissa that I was bringing dinner home. And I had to do that thing when I walked in the in the door here. I had to tell announce to her I'm really high. <laughs> and there's nothing more shameful than a grown man needing to announce. Look, it's Monday night. It's eight thirty, and I'm really high. So I just want you to know that that when I act a little bit squirrely for the next 35 to 45 minutes, it's because I'm way too high.
1: That is, yeah, that, that is scary when you feel like out of control. Correct.
0: Do you have a catalyst for why you stopped, why you got sober?
1: Yeah, I could not do, I was really a low-functioning alcoholic, so yeah. I could not. I got fired from comedy clubs. Where everyone that works there, including the comedians, are drinking. Right. But I drank too much and got fired. Like, I, that's a low bar for employment. Sure. Um, to yeah, not usually, be able to... Yeah, usually that's the
0: kind of a scenario where you can be yeah. semi-functional alcoholic, half blacked out, and you're still going to be able to perform your job.
1: Yeah, not me. And so I, could, I can't do anything except drink when i'm drinking it's that's my whole life right and uh either right before i quit or right after i was living in echo park and i remember driving under one of those street bridges like overpass but it's not the freeway it's just another street and um they're seeing a man under there looking like he lived there and just thinking like that's I get how people... Not everyone who's homeless is an alcoholic addict. Right. But some people are. are. And I would have been if I hadn't stopped and if my parents hadn't, like, let me move in with them right after I... Like, months after I quit because I was still not functioning well. Like, I would have... If all you can do is, like, wake up with a painful hangover, scramble to get whatever you need to feel not sick. Two more beers, (laughs) (laughs) which
0: is usually two more beers.
1: And then, you know, by that night, physically you're feeling better. Emotionally, I would be feeling worse. And I would think, I'm just going to drink tonight and I'll try to be sober tomorrow. And then that became my whole life. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything else. And your body,
0: some people's bodies aren't good at drinking. Yeah, you know, like you couldn't function. Whereas, and I think it was a Chicago thing. And, and towards the end, I don't do stand up very often, if at all, anymore. I, you know, I really, I, I probably haven't gone up in over a year. Um,
1: wow. I just, I, you didn't I, like it anymore.
0: It, I, I didn't see any reason to do it. Um, I guess financially or professionally anymore it just wasn't going to happen for me you know i did i did jfl new faces and 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 had small bits of success in live shows but i just i could my my handlers my agents my man did not they straight up told me you could keep doing this as a hobby but we don't ever see you making it on television as a stand-up comedian And and i was told multiple times that and I didn't have support, and I just never saw myself ever having a half hour or even making it on the late night. And part of it is because on my, of my own doing, I was a little too uh, profane on stage. I have a real magic for potty words, and uh, that probably put a stamp on me. And after a certain point, I thought that it was just more important for me to stay at home not be out at night have more of a normal life right. in the evening yeah. and focus on writing scripts and I love this because now I can perform I do three of these a week mm-hmm. for thousands of people in the middle of the day Yeah, and I get to go to bed on time and That's I, great. I just started to get such bad and I have you know, anxiety, depression like a lot of comedians do and it started to make me sad to go and do stand-up because after i was done it wasn't fulfilling anymore and i always use this analogy when you're when you first start if you have a good set like a good five minute set that'll make you happy for 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 a whole week for seven days you ride that high and then as you do it more and more just like any other drug it starts to make you happy while you're doing it. And then maybe for 10 seconds afterwards. And then right. you just had this empty feeling like, well, what do I get now? What, what did I do? <laughs>
1: right.
0: You go and you listen to your set or, or you think about it, but I just, it, it started to be less helpful for me mentally than mm-hmm. it originally was to do it was cathartic and was therapeutic and then it right. started to be more detrimental to me uh mentally and I just needed to step away and and again I as I got older I stopped feeling the need to stay out and and you know drink six bud lights and and come home at 12:30 and I felt yeah. like I missed out on relaxing time and and right. from being a normal person and a lot of that is stems from yes, I I probably should have just completely stopped drinking when I went out and did stand up, but it was something that went hand in hand with it for so long. I didn't know how to make the division, yeah. Because otherwise, I was just I was bored and I felt social anxiety and socially awkward sitting and just conversing with people waiting to go up to perform for seven to eight minutes right. without having not drunk, but a you know, a lit with Xanax, which are which right. is four Bud Lights, six Bud Lights. And then you have the high afterwards and you want to come down and you want to party. And then you have X amount more and then you're tired and hungover the next day. And Yeah. because I didn't see any point in it helping me financially or having support to do it that way. Right. I just stopped. And it was mm-hmm. hard to get that drug out of my system for a long time. I would still go up and I would still consider... Later in life, going and doing stand-up, I would tour and do this show. Right. But for now, I, yeah. I, it, it finally having kicked to that habit, which I really consider a habit, like the right. need to perform constantly, and you need that drug. Once I got it out of my system, I didn't have the anxiety of needing to write down every single joke. Right. <laughs> now I just put it on Twitter, Yeah. <laughs> which for better or worse has, has worked for me.
1: That makes sense. I'm not doing any stand-up for August or September, partly to try to work on writing something, but also mostly because of anxiety and just wanting to have a couple months where I'm purely doing stuff to try and um, get a handle on the anxiety.
0: That's good. That's a a good way to look at it. Taking that break and that time to just focus on... Yourself, as opposed to saying you have to do stand-up all the time to say that I don't have to do it for two months at all or worry about it. And then you'll go back and you'll ease back in. You're not going to miss anything. It's still going to be there. Yeah. (laughs) You know?
1: I love... You're right, though. I do enjoy the part of it where you're actually on stage doing it. Um, But the fucking anxiety sorry it's okay to cuss all oh you friends, can right?
0: cuss all the motherfuck you want martha
1: <laughs> just the anxiety of like like today i almost started to feel it when i was thinking like what am i what am i doing tonight what's my day like and almost started that anxiety and was like oh i'm not doing stand-up for the next two months, I don't have to feel that. Right. You
0: know? You let that off your chest.
1: Yeah. It, it is nice, it's but like I... the,
0: it's, it's the same as the... There's no better feeling than canceled plans.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but see, you had to come over here all day, and I had the same anxiety. like, I have to have someone over here I don't know in my safe space, and I have to do this show, and I have to record it, and then the microphone broke, and then... But now, see, it's all okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the moment now. Yeah. But... Getting in a car, driving places for me,
1: yeah. having
0: to go do something. Sometimes I I just can't get out of the house. That's, I can't make yeah. myself get one foot in front of the other. Right. And sadly, sometimes it is, it's two light beers <laughs> on the yeah. thing that will do that.
1: I, because I don't I take totally medication that
0: I probably should.
1: Well, um, anxiety I think is harder to deal with than depression. I'm on an antidepressant and it... For me it's life-saving like I have to take antidepressants or Correct. I will kill myself but, yeah,
0: so you, which, you do so you take those
1: but anxiety is much harder to deal with the the medications for it are different from antidepressants a lot of times some some of them are similar but I feel like it's harder for people with like my anxiety is pretty minor compared to people who have to deal with it where like, also I also have a dog so I have to go outside right and um, yeah that's tough Mike it that's... gives
0: you a reason but it, I think it's very common for comedians and I think yeah I think it is a culmination of uh, the the alcohol abuse that has, has messed up the chemicals in your brain and and, and and whatever else you've endured and then like the highs and lows that people have had to go through because you're, you're on top of the world, and you're so funny, and everyone loves you, and then it's gone, and then it's here, and then it's gone, and then you're in a hotel right. room, and you just are sitting there by yourself, right. and nothing's fun anymore because nothing's going to top that roller coaster ride you just went on. So right. then the booze comes out, and you need to find this fine balance, and I just couldn't. So I just don't, yeah. I don't go up very often anymore.
1: Yeah, I, c- I can't. I hate doing the road, even sober. I just...
0: It's sad. It's
1: not fun to be by yourself in a city where you don't know anybody. No. It seems like I always would think like this time I'm going to go sightseeing, I'm going to make myself do all this stuff and that'll make me feel less depressed. Some people
0: are really good at it too and I'm always surprised like you look they at can. you look at people's Instagrams and they go out before the show. Yeah. And they go see a museum or they they go to yeah. a movie or they go see a park, a national park. I I I can't do that. I need to just sit there and rock back and forth and look at, yeah. look at your set. Look at your set, flip on the TV, I'll watch ESPN, baseball highlights, whatever will soothe me. And then right. I made this whole trip to go out of town and I didn't do anything with it because I just couldn't physically make my body go and do such a thing.
1: And it isn't always even, even if you do make yourself, it isn't always worth it. Like when I was in Madison last year um, at the end of spring where it was still super cold there, I was like, I'm going to walk around the town square and go and do stuff and be active and see if that makes me less. Because Madison,
0: Wisconsin is such a nice place. If you were with like friends, you'd have a great time.
1: And instead I just, after the second day was like, I just feel like either I'm a serial killer walking around alone <laughs> with strangers or some serial killer is going to see me and kill me. And I then I was like, I'm not doing that These anymore. are both
0: terrible <laughs> options. Yeah.
1: It's, it, I'm never going When out are you going to eat again.
0: cheese curds by yourself? That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> you need friends for cheese curds. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to do, uh, let's let's do a segment, we're way deep into the show, I could just keep going with this, but uh, I I feel bad we should at least do some of the actual program. Um, This is a segment we do called Try and Do My Thing, and that's usually some obnoxious thing that I've done throughout the day, but I found this other guy. That is on the Nextdoor app. Do you have the Nextdoor app?
1: Uh, no, I'm scared of it. <laughs>
0: it's terrifying. Although
1: I'm... best of Nextdoor on Twitter is very fun. Yes,
0: yeah. yes, yeah. like that. And this comes from uh, this is like something that would be on there. Uh, my uh, girlfriend Melissa loves murder shows, loves murder mm-hmm. books, like. That is where she finds comfort. Whereas I watch NFL football, she likes to hear about these horrific tragedies, and somehow that that brings her comfort. So she loves Nextdoor app. She's she's obsessed. She loves to oh look at this person. Who's this guy? What did this? Who's this guy they're talking about? That seems like a murderer. We should not go down that block anymore. There's one of her friends who lives in WeHo. uh, On their Nextdoor app. This guy posted, and I'm not going to say his name. The uh, title of the post is Banned from 7 Eleven. Please assist. Uh, I have again been banned from the Hayworth 7 Eleven, it's the Hayworth in in West Hollywood, for unjust reasons. Please know that it is perfectly legal to fill a 44 ounce big gulp with delicious pump chili. And oh. cheese, as long as you pay for the cup. Oh. No, you don't have to buy a hot dog. This is a fallacy cooked up by the sheeple and extremist media. Cindy at 7-Eleven is a liar. If oh you stand God. by me as a neighbor, please sign the petition below. I will show the cashier all of your comments, and the cashier will surely put me back in their good favor.
1: That's...
0: And there's a photo of the chili and cheese machine from the 7-Eleven. And this is very near and dear to my heart because I put this in almost every script that I write. (laughs) Every script. And this is is from two days ago or from today. I forget when she sent me this. Every script I write, I have some dirtbag character go into 7-Eleven with... (laughs) A, like a bag or a uh, Big Gulp cup or a, a, one of those from, from home novelty size 64 ounce right. uh, insulated uh, coffee mugs and fill it up with chili and cheese and then when the, the cashier puts up a stink he just points at the thing free and then just walks out and I, I'm fascinated that this guy A is actually doing this B, I, my ego makes me want to To think that he uh, is some sort of fan and follows me on a Twitter account or something and is actually going out and doing this as an homage to me. I I want that to be true, but also it upsets me because if he is doing that and not giving me credit and tagging me, then he's ripping me off. He's ripping off a bit, Martha, and it's not fair.
1: I can't, so this
0: how I'm taking it back. I'm taking the bit back and using it. I should use his name, <laughs> but I don't want to get
1: sued. I can't believe how people wouldn't be embarrassed to do stuff like that. <laughs> no, like it's weird to me too that comedians like we like to go up in front of an audience of strangers and have them look look or I pref- like. I don't I can't think about them looking at me. I just think about what them listening to what you're saying. So I like that attention, but the I would be fucking mortified if I did something at a 7-Eleven that made other people go, "What is she doing?"
0: Right? Because it's in real life.
1: Yeah, and most comics don't do crazy stuff out in public.
0: And nor would you go up it's okay because you're in charge. You know, when right. you're on stage, you're in charge, so you can tell 300 people about the one time that you uh, bonged a pint of a uh, rail uh, dark rum and then shit your pants in in front of an entire uh, rowboat, uh, like a tourist boat, um, you know what, what have you? You can li- literally say anything, and it's and because they laugh at you, with you,
1: right, and at
0: you, but with with at it's totally fine but you wouldn't go into the 7-elevens and just you're paying for your coffee and say oh yeah so uh how's your day oh it's pretty good i shit my pants yesterday <laughs> i was with my friend matt bronger and kyle knain and mike grottenstein and we uh we all uh, decided that we were going to eat four uh uh italian subs that uh we bought from uh from the safeway and then uh they were a they were on the sale rack we ate those and then uh we had decided to have a 40 malt liquor drinking contest. And this was like a couple years ago. It's not like it was today. And then, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Bronger shit his pants. Uh, and then we, we, we thought it was great. So, uh, I took my pants off and I gave him my boxers to wear. This was in the, we you know, we were in the mall we were at the mall of America and I took off my boxers and I just held my wiener and made sure that no one saw it and they had gathered around me and like and then that guy would look at you like you were a sociopath and call the police
1: is that maybe a- not in
0: Los Angeles no I just that's. That's fabricated, but it's not so far-fetched. I
1: mean, I'm still fascinated by the each person eating four Italian subs. That's <laughs> yeah.
0: impressive. No, that's that's important. That's why, I, well, if it was an actual bit, in reality it would be you had a half of one. But for the purpose of the bit, you got to crank that up to 45% <laughs> of reality and, and make it into four, one for each. I want to give birthday wishes to uh, Power Moves family members, big homie Vince Averill, Daddy Brado, Joe DeRosa, And Rich O'Toole, who are all celebrating this week. It feels weird to do actual formatted pieces without the microphones. I'm going to have to see how this sounds. There might be some compression that I'm going to need to put on this for the Oscar the Grouch trash can episode, which is this. Uh, Let's get into some power foods. Let's when we talk about some things that are just absurd in the food world, Martha. Oscar Mayer is releasing a hot dog-infused ice cream sandwich.
1: Oh, no. Uh Uh-huh.
0: They, uh, French's mustard decided that they were going to put out a, a mustard ice cream. And Oscar Mayer decided that you ain't, you know, you're not taking all the, the, the guts and the glory out of this, uh, mustard type, uh, uh, invention that you have. And they decided that they were going to come out with a hot dog infused ice cream, which is, uh, candied hot dog bits, Ugh. hot dog sweet cream, <laughs> spicy Dijon gelato on a cookie bun.
1: Um, I blame the show Chopped for these, um, abominations because they have people mix ingredients that shouldn't go together as right. a challenge and there's no way, hot dogs, I haven't had a hot dog in years, not because they're not wonderful, but just cause I can't enjoy them like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, sure. I would eat only hot dogs if I could. Uh, They don't belong in ice cream. I'm sorry to be a prude, but (laughs) that sounds so gross. It's
0: so vile. It's not good. And it's getting... This is just a society... The society... Society has come up with... Has made these new rules for for food. Where it used to be absurd. Anything like of this sort would make people gag at the thought. Yeah. But but now, I have this character Carl Wellsey and Carl Wellsey uh, in 2013 as part of a Twitter storyline I made him start putting Cheetos on everything he wanted to open up a a, a pizza restaurant that had Cheetos on everything and huh. people thought this was insane uh, it was in a in, in a pilot I did and it would get huge laughs in the room like what Cheetos on pizza no way <laughs> then like three weeks ago, KFC came out with the new Cheetos sandwich, which is a chicken sandwich with Cheetos on top of it. And Cheetos knows that I this is my idea again. My ego comes out, and I and I des- desire satisfaction, and I desire uh, uh, to get credits for this Cheetos idea. And they will not give it to me, even though they know they are very well aware. <laughs> That the Cheetos idea comes from a fake person named Carl Welzine in Grand Plank, Michigan. And that man needs to have some sort of trophy or cash reward sent to him. Not me. That's the thing, Martha. I don't want it for me. I want this fake person to get the accolade that he deserves from Cheetos or KFC.
1: He should get it. It's not fair. And... Both those things, the sandwich and the pizza with Cheetos, sound delicious. Right.
0: It it does not sound terrible. Let's get into some power news you can use. Man accused of gluing doors to Wendy's shut. A St. Petersburg, Florida man is in jail after gluing the doors to a Wendy's restaurant and several cars shut. According to affidavits, Rex Byron Stanton, 54, went and sprayed tire inflator into the door and keyholes on camera of the Wendy's. Oh, my God. (laughs) Damage cost $1,200 to repair, and the restaurant was unable to open for four hours.
1: That's crazy.
0: (laughs) Tire inflator. So if you want to get... I'm not saying do this. Don't put this on me. But if you want to get revenge on someone, a way that you could do it is with... Tire inflator into doors and keyholes. He then went into the parking lot of the Home Depot and squirted glue into the door handles of three cars. What a dick.
1: Is he. Does it say why he did all
0: that? Um, it does not, but it shows that he's been arrested multiple times since 2006, including. Including a uh, domestic battery, retail theft, and assault on a law enforcement officer. Ugh. So this isn't like a really upstanding guy. But as far as what he's done in the past, I think he's come a long way as a human being. <laughs> if if you're not beating up police officers or uh, people in your home, family yeah. members, and you're just gluing the doors shut to Wendy's, I think that's a good outlet.
1: Yeah, <laughs> although it may—it sounds like he might actually be um, paranoid. Uh, schizophrenic Uh, oh for sure
0: for sure um i have a it's a real gray area on this show because a (laughs) lot of times people are mentally ill and i try not to do stories or and uh, or poke fun at anyone who has a mental illness but it's hard to weed out who is just a piece of shit right (laughs) and who in today's day and age you never know
1: Right. Well, also, I didn't mean that as a you shouldn't have done the story. <laughs> oh no, I didn't I mean, take it that way. He could just be an asshole. I have I had a relative who was a paranoid schizophrenic and he would get committed because he would go into town with uh, waving his guns around, get committed somewhere they can only hold you for so long, send him home with medication which he would throw up and shoot throw up in the air and shoot as a... Oh my God. Fuck you to everybody. So it's possible to be
0: mentally... You would throw, like, the bottle of pills in the air and shoot that's at what, it with a gun?
1: That's what the family... Um, that's what the family story like was. Like Yosemite
0: Sam or something?
1: It just, like, as a... Um, you're not going to tell me what to do in the right. extreme. Which, when I was younger, I thought it was kind of funny and... Was like yeah, fuck them. And then as an adult, like yeah, no. If you have that kind of mental <laughs> illness, you should take your medication. Although that's easy for me to say. If I the stuff you have to take for schizophrenia, I guess can pretty much
0: incapacitate yeah, you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So who I mean, might judge? maybe maybe uh, maybe take the guns away first.
1: That would have been great, but that isn't what happened.
0: <laughs> that would have been that would have been the first move. First, guns taken away. Yeah. Second, medication. Yeah. <laughs> because a man that does not want to take his medication, you don't want him to have any sort of firearms no. within his reach. Well at least he was just shooting the meds. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, he never shot a person, but he threatened people. That was his when he wasn't well, that's what he would because he was
0: paranoid, right? Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Again, gotta get those guns taken away. Yeah, <laughs> this for is,
1: sure. This is a.
0: This is a. This is that's definitely one of those. Yeah, that's where the guns the problem, man. Yeah, <laughs> this guy should not have those whatsoever. Yeah, as we've all all learned, and uh, you know, thought you know that's a. It's been a it was a rough it was a rough weekend and uh, yeah. I decided to just not touch on that and plow through and make fun of stupid things because that's what makes me feel better about the world, Martha, somehow.
1: <laughs> I hear you. Definitely. Let's
0: move on. Woman denies owning meth inside her vagina. It's from uh, smoking gun on Twitter. Oh, my God. A Louisiana woman arrested yesterday denied ownership of methamphetamine that was discovered inside a plastic va- baggie inside her vagina. Ashley Beth Rollin, 23, was questioned early Wednesday, Wednesday by police after a man accused her of stealing $5,000 from his home. The victim, Eugene Dix, told West Monroe Police Department officers that Roland had stayed with him, in his apartment for the last week. So she's been crashing with this guy and peeping out this stack of bills. (laughs) Dix alleged that while he was showering, Roland took his cash and left the residence. The affidavit identifies Dix as Roland's boyfriend. So this isn't just a week time thing. This is like... This is hmm. getting serious.
1: Also, um, who keeps $5,000 cash in their home?
0: Eugene Dix does. <laughs> Everyone in town knows Eugene Dix has got the fat <laughs> stacks sitting in cash, and that's why Ashley Beth Rowland decided to just roll up and get cozy.
1: I'm not – I don't mean to blame the victim, but I don't think you should keep that kind of money in your house. <laughs>
0: no, not, unless it's – I mean, and out in the open, apparently. Yeah. Yeah she knew where it was yeah. maybe if you've known a woman who's going to crash at your pad who's your girlfriend apparently but still maybe you don't let her know where the where the safety deposit of a or envelope i'm guessing this is in a roll you yeah pick, this is a drug roll with rubber yeah. bands around it yeah during a subsequent interview with cops roland confessed to stealing the money which was recovered during a consensual search of roland's person by a female correctional officer the exact amount seized from Roland was $6,233. Wow. That's an extra grand and 233. Wow. <laughs> so.
1: She really did get a great score. I know,
0: and uh, she put it in the old safety deposit box. A female jailer also discovered a clear plastic bag containing approximately a gram of meth inside Roland's vagina. Ashley Roland denied ownership of the methamphetamine.
1: Wow. That takes a lot of balls to have something found on you and claim it doesn't belong to you.
0: She, she did not explain to police how someone else's meth found its way into her body cavity. She was charged with felonies of theft and narcotics possession and booked into the, uh, the, the jail she's holding, held in lieu of a $8,000 bond. <laughs>
1: That's so... I don't think that...
0: She didn't steal enough money to make her own bond, even if she kept the money she could have paid to get herself out of jail.
1: I don't feel like... I don't think people should go to jail for being drug addicts and having drugs on them. Um, right. But I do feel like she probably needs some help. And, and like, stealing the guy's money is... I, that's a crime, but... Just being a drug addict who's carrying your meth.
0: Is it her meth? That's a thing, though. Was this with the money? Is this Eugene Dix's money? Is he a meth dealer?
1: Maybe. I can't imagine that she stole that money and was carrying meth on her person and isn't herself doing meth.
0: Well, she she got the drugs. That's a lot of money. She put that all in her own personal safety deposit box. And a female correction officer had to go get that
1: out. So the cash was inside her as well? Yes, ma'am. That's really upsetting.
0: (laughs) This is the world we Uh, live in. That's
1: upsetting.
0: (laughs) I know, but it's far less upsetting than the other things that go on. That's Uh why we have to talk about
1: it. Why wouldn't she just put it in a purse? Right.
0: Because he was in the shower. Yeah, and I she don't... just took off. She he didn't see her. He so he reports this money missing. The cops pick her up.
1: Yeah, that's weird. And,
0: and they're you know they do the they do the body search full search and then fucking she turns into a cash machine and six grand comes that out. That
1: is crazy. It's wild.
0: It's like it. It's, but you're correct. That's the correct observation. Why put it there in the first yeah. place? If I stole a bunch of money, I wouldn't put it in my butthole. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I gotta put this somewhere safe. Yeah. Let's let's think. Pocket? No. Uh, glove to, glove compartment in my car? No. Burial? Put it in a hole? No. I'll put it in, whole, no. put it in it. my butt. <laughs> there we go.
1: I mean, I wouldn't have even thought of burying it, but yeah, that's a better option. Yeah,
0: come back later for it.
1: Yeah, I. it makes it seem like she expected someone was going to come after her, and so she hid it inside her so that she could say, I didn't take it, Not, but she didn't think the cops would be the ones to come after her. Maybe because he is a meth dealer, so she didn't think he would call the cops.
0: That's very possible. Maybe. I like yeah. to solve
1: crime. Yeah, you're right. I think maybe that's why she did it.
0: And he did call the cops, though.
1: Yeah. Why would it- Huh.
0: Why would you have that much money in your house? And meth. Maybe she Maybe she just keeps everything up there. Like the guy from the Harlem Globetrotters with his hair. You don't remember on Scooby-Doo? Oh. Uh, I mean, he kept the big afro and he'd keep, like, chainsaw. If Shaggy needed something, it was just... He kept it all up in there. Maybe she keeps everything. Lipstick, her phone.
1: That is really not... Um... That is not what
0: feminism was made for. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> that's not this, a good
1: idea. I think this
0: is the opposite. I think this is the complete opposite of that. Uh, boy, this was... We got into a lot of things without doing the actual show, Martha. That's that's pretty impressive because it doesn't happen very often. Usually we'll knock out four or five of those stories, but we had a good chat upstairs. I think that the, the no microphone thing lent itself to doing a more casual conversation podcast, and I think that was nice.
1: I like it, and it make, I like it even more, even if you have to change it. I love the idea that I'm the one episode that sounds like Oscar the Grouch in a trash <laughs> I, can. That we'll, makes it distinctive. We'll see if
0: the compression works. Hopefully that compression uh, will, will clean this up a little bit, and, and people won't mind. That's the thing. People, I, I get I get so testy and upset with the qual- sound quality because we do it's 20 foot ceilings in here it's not padded I don't do it in a studio I just prefer to do it here usually it's 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 a little more condensed but this is going to drive me insane. This is where well, Melissa's going to sit there while I'm trying to edit this because I'll just keep tweaking and just yeah. keep picking scabs until it sounds like worse somehow in some <laughs> other way where b- both of us sound like Jabba the Hut. Like, like, no, but like Martha's <laughs> voice sounds like a real, real like baritone now. It sounds nice.
1: You could just say. We are in a trash can and have people visualize it and I, have it be a fun thing. I
0: don't have a problem with that. Let's just go with that. Let's just go with that I story. Like it. Dumpster. How about the studio dumpster? Here live in Los Angeles from the studio dumpster behind the Sizzler. You're listening to Power Moves, Daddy. <laughs> Before we finish up with power grooves, uh, I want to thank you, Danny's, for those five-star reviews and app on Apple podcasts. Please do yourself a favor and join the K Money Club at patreon.com, power moves with Mike Burns, and follow the at power moves podcast on Insta. Also, I want to thank the incredible Martha Kelly for joining us today. Thank you so much. You can follow Martha at Martha Kelly3 on Twitter. You can subscribe to her podcast, Disagree to Agree with michelle and martha and i'm assuming that's up most places that you can listen to a podcast yeah it sounds great yours sounds great yours Yours, sounds profesh
1: but yours does too i listened to it earlier today and it sounded really good (laughs) wait
0: for this one (laughs) and
1: you said in the episode i was listening to that the air conditioning was on but i couldn't hear it
0: see that's the thing is i think when i edit i have you know headphones on and i have it cranked so i hear everything and
1: gotcha. again,
0: Melissa will will see me yell and scream, and she'll let me listen to that. It sounds fine. Can we please watch Bosch? Can we please turn on fucking Bosch? Can we fucking turn on Bosch. God damn it! <laughs> I'm hungry. We're supposed to make tacos. It's fucking ten thirty, Mike. Jesus oh, fucking Christ! <laughs> I'm
1: glad I don't know how to do technical stuff because I can't get into that.
0: I had to learn how to do all this, and it was just a fucking nightmare. I'm an old, I'm just. I'm too old for any of these things. <laughs> Look at this laptop, Martha. This is. It weighs five thousand pounds, but I know where everything is on this. I turned into my father. Like, it's like I you like need it. to get. You need to get a new phone, Dad. Like, I know how this one works. Like, but this would be easier. Like, I don't care <laughs> because I don't know how that one works. Let's get into some power grooves. um My song this week is Cumberland Gap by Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Uh, Jason's someone I really respect as a person and a musician. Guy's great. If you follow him on Twitter, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got a different viewpoint uh, as far as a uh, country musician goes or all country, as you you might consider him. He's a former member of uh, Drive-By Truckers, which I'm a big, big fan of that band. And this song in particular, it's live and it is filled with all kinds of rock and roll pathos it 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 gets me in the gut and another thing from jason that i'd suggest to check out is the song something more than free that's off the album of the same name uh that's a very special song to me and inspired me to write a revised pilot of the carl wellzine story as a live action script the way i wanted it Uh, i am considering sending that out to patreon members but I'm still not comfortable showing it to the public. It's much more real than the original Power Moves pilot. Um, it's, it's still funny, but it's sad. Like, it's one of those things... You ever write a script, and I had to do this... But while I was writing this, it would make me break down in tears in parts. Aww. Like, get welled up, because it, it was so painful to me to make a fake character <laughs> feel like pain... Like to beat up someone, but right. you're do what while you're doing it, you're like, I am sorry I have to do this to you, but oh your your life's gonna be fucked after this page. I'm sorry, man. Uh, Martha, what have you been listening to?
1: Um, well, I listen to a bunch of different stuff, but the past couple days I've listened to The Killers, um, just a variety of their songs, and then today I uh, heard Despacito on the radio, the original version, That's and then great. listened to that and the Justin Bieber version. And uh, there's a reason it was a huge hit. Yes. It's a great song.
0: Yes. See, it's, I love that everyone on this show tends to have different tastes and different things. Like, I don't subscribe to different single genres. I, it's right. just. It's just sometimes you get a song that makes you feel good and you just keep pounding it for a couple of weeks and then yeah. you move on. Like if you look at this stack of cassettes, like it's all over the board. I'm yeah. going, I'm currently going back and forth between that Judas Priest Ram It Down album and Janet Jackson's Control, which is such a good album, Martha. I can't yeah. stop listening to it.
1: It is. Did you do you like her Rhythm Nation? Oh, absolutely. That's
0: great. There's just her, her catalog is so chock full of things. And the great thing about Janet Jackson, you don't have to have the guilt like when you listen to a Michael Jackson album. Yeah. That's what I, I I came to that realization the other day. Like, ah, it's fucking kind of sucks you can't listen to Michael Jackson music anymore. But you know what? Yeah. Janet Jackson's got plenty of shit. <laughs> I'll just... <Yeah. laughs> I'll just stick with this. And God forbid anything bad comes out about Janet Jackson and I have to take that away. But it's a perfectly good substitute. And I argue Janet Jackson's full catalog is on par with Michael's. So,
1: you know what? Moving on,
0: Moving on to the Janet Jackson control era and uh, we're chucking out all the old – all the newer Michael Jackson stuff. I think, like, you can still listen to the – the jackson five things though because you know that yeah. was that's before i think anything before michael jackson turned into a monster that's yeah. a different person
1: yeah would that make
0: does that make sense
1: that is it's, yeah it's I a, mean, it's, he, that's a gray
0: area discussion but
1: well he was a victim when he was a kid
0: right so you're listening to victim michael jackson yeah as opposed to a uh, predator michael jackson
1: yeah sadly the
0: victims tend to turn into predators
1: not always though. It's only people who have something oh, I yeah. think missing. I don't in think their always. Brain.
0: I think a lot of I think a lot of times you get a combination of someone who had some inherent badness in them and then something bad happened. It's always yeah. it's always this perfect storm when you get like a serial killer. It's always right. someone who had horrible things happen to him as a child, but was also maybe a inherent bad human being.
1: Yeah, and, that, just, and that
0: perfect storm just turned them into this monster.
1: Well, some people are born with with a really hampered ability to feel empathy. So if they are victimized, then that tends to turn them into a monster. Right. So I think all monsters and predators were victims, but the majority of people who are victims don't grow up to, to hurt people. Because they still have empathy. So they're a lot of people respond to being a victim to abuse by having more compassion for other people. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And before we go, tell us about your podcast.
1: Oh boy, I don't know what.
0: <laughs> what is it? Just you and Michelle it's... Balloon arguing it... about well, shit? <laughs> it would, we
1: don't even argue that much. It's I wanted it to be. Um, I wanted it to be like a self-help. Uh okay we're starting out on this date these are the goals for a complete transformation because it's summertime and when I was growing up in high school every fucking summer I would build my own hopes up thinking I'm going to become a completely new person before next <laughs> yes. next year school starts but then it we do some talk about different things that we're working on but mostly it's just We've ended up talking about some political stuff, and uh, it always is off the rails. But I don't ever feel like I enjoy listening to my part in it, so I don't, I don't know what we're doing. Well, yeah. Yep, sorry, over- that's another <laughs> commercial
0: yeah that's a great no, that, that's no. probably not a great commercial it's
1: not, it isn't It I listened to the latest episode well, I like, enjoy god it. damn I, I, I like
0: both of you guys I think you're both very funny and well, thanks, I, I, that's that's the majority of what what, uh, what uh, most podcasts are. It is pleasurable to listen to and it's not done in a cra- trash can but this is the conclusion of the trash can episode <laughs> with Martha Kelly uh thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Really looking forward to the weekend, you guys.
1: It's all American dudes out making power moves.